0: Sound of sensation across the nation. Listen to radio. Goodies.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Goodies Pirate Podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Rob. And I'm Richard. And we finish up series one with episode seven radio goodies now this went to air on the 20th of december 1970 on sunday at 10 p.m uh universally known as radio goodies although oh, perhaps with some variations pirate radio goodies or pirate radio, radio station. station now i think it's fair to say if you ask people to remember the goodies and say what do you remember or, what episodes are your favorites there's king kong there's earth and asia and there's the pirate radio goodies and certainly, when they were fans were asked what they wanted on the first DVD release, this was on there. This was up there. Gentlemen, does it live up to its reputation?
2: I think it does. It, it certainly. Of course, of course it, it
1: does. It, <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think it does. I mean, having rewatched the first uh, first season, obviously, as we've been going through these episodes, it certainly was the one. I, I clear was the clear best of the of the seven. Having watched the first season, the one I watched, and I think it, it still holds up. I think one of the best of the series.
1: I, I absolutely
0: agree. I think it's wonderful, Rob. I, I think uh, on virtually every point, it's a winner. It's clearly the best episode of Series One. It's the one that lingers longest, has lingered longest in my memory since I was a boy. It's just it is very, very good, and uh, there's one standout performance that makes it even better. So, well,
2: it, it is, and and it and it's Graham yet again, isn't it? It is.
0: It's it's Graham Garden again. He's he's. Uh, He's the star of the show, almost. Yeah, especially yeah. in this episode. Well,
1: there you go. We all agree. So, on that bombshell, it's time for no. We'll we'll, we'll discuss. We'll discuss why. We'll discuss why. Look, what is it about this that works? I'll, 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 I'll put out there. This is where the goodies. At the end of series one, it just clicks. I think they know what's working, they know where their characters are going, they know how to make it work, and it just everything just comes together.
0: It's interesting that they basically they abandoned the whole idea of a guest actor. It,
2: it is, and I think that was actually one of the points I was going to make, and I did was going to put that out there, whether that's really why it's so good, because rather than trying to work the agency thing into the storyline mm. or anything like that, it's just the three of us, there's no guest cast, it's all them playing off each other, and they just go for it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
2: Yeah, because I think... Oh, sorry, just to jump no, in, because I think a lot of the other classics, if you think about it, tend to be the ones where the guest cast is sort of sidelined, like you think of an episode like Earth and Asia, and there's no other cast in that at all. It's just the three of them in a room. Yes. The one where they're encased in the block of concrete, again, is a, is a great episode. Mm. So, and, and really, Kit and Kong, to an extent, really, is, is just them, and, and, and some animals,
1: Although Kid and Kong and the end both started tangentially with the idea that Graham has, yes. prior to the episode, been given a commission. Yes. Uh, whereas this one, as you say, there's there's no even pretense at the agency doing anything. And this is where they start to dispense with that as a regular yes. thing.
0: Yeah, because I mean they're not looking for work as, as radio hosts. They're actually wanting to set up their own yes. post office effectively. The post,
2: well, they start off obviously they want to do a radio station and yep. then because they think the GPO is useless. Mm. They they then want to side they'll set up a pirate radio a pirate post office.
1: Which which I think is one of the wonderful misnomers of this whole episode. It actually should be called Goody's pirate post office. Yes. Yes, it's, because it's not actually meant to be about the radio station. No, it's it's entirely secondary. No, mm. that's right.
0: But it is that is the most striking aspect of the episode, the radio station aspect.
1: So it, it opens up with um, them working on a jingle, which actually sounds nothing like the jingle that they then no. they deliver. <laughs> the, the bit where Bill's on the piano, little mini piano, and da, 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 it's nothing like it. But that's okay. But again, the jingle is the star of many just quotable mm. quoting lines. And if you if you turn around to a fan of the goodies, all you need to say to them is boom. And they know exactly. <laughs> yes. They know exactly what you're talking about, and there's just so many lines from this that we can go through. It. We then go into though um the whole gags about the GPL and the post office, and again that stands up very well. You know the mm. whole look, it's an easy joke, but mm. you know did you send it first or second class? Or second class. Oh well, it wouldn't have got there yet. Yes. Um, yeah, making fun of the postal service, I think, has been a staple of comedy for about fifty, <laughs> well, 50 years, and it. making fun of the public services. Yeah, <laughs> oh, a staple. So. Yeah, look, that's exactly right. And even just the way that the, the, the reply comes back from the GPO, you know, PPS thanks for the fighter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it's, it's badly written and whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah, look, it's 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 very well done. Um, I then really like we get to see Gra I mean look, this is Graham's episode, I don't mm. think anybody's going to dispute that. But even just right from the start of him creating the ship, and you have just this wonderful idea of you know the ship that's one foot, th- one eighth above the water, seven, seven below. below. Yeah, it, it looks it looks great as a visual idea. You then get the gag actually arriving at the ship, mm. but it's also incredibly cheap to do. You've got this mm. wonderful ship, and all the, all you need is a very cheap rowboat. Sort of anchored in a little lake somewhere. The, yes, uh, SS Saucy Gibbon. Yes, the that's SS right. Saucy Gibbon which,
2: which is very clearly not five miles out. from the shore. It's very clearly quite shallow water, it, I think. It's, it's <laughs>
0: interesting that unlike Cecily, as we discussed last week, where Cecily's character appears and the la- real character appears yes. in the last thirty seconds and is a surprise and undermines the episode, in this Graham's descent into madness. Can be seen from basically yes. the start, where he is mildly authoritative or authoritarian yes. and then just goes berserk. And then he
2: obviously gets, you know, I'm working well tonight. And and then uh, he gets into the uniform. Yeah, descends <laughs> <just laughs> into, into, <laughs> into loonydom.
1: It, it is. It, it's, and, and I think that's right. Look, we have excused, excuses. is perhaps not the right word, but we've defended episodes before on the basis that the plot doesn't have to hold together as well every week because it's only meant to be watched once casually on a Sunday night. Yeah. On this one, I agree, Rob. The plot is actually structured really well. Yep. The, the, the character develops in the correct way. The plot f- unfolds in the correct way. The beats are quite evenly spread. Yep. It actually works as a piece of scripting, not just as a funny piece of television. The fact that over the top of that script is just quotable gag after quotable gag mm. makes it a really, really stand up well.
0: And the absence of a guest actor, alluding to what we said before, means that uh, the audience's attention isn't diverted from the three boys. No, and. Script time that can be devoted to them isn't again diverted to someone else, so it allows you to well it allows the you know Bill and and Graham to script a script around
2: them. Yes, yes, and 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 I think it's a better for because it it's it's just them playing off each other.
1: Yeah, yeah and, and they're, they're obviously feeling a bit more comfortable as well, and I think that by this stage they've obviously got the, the 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 characters down a bit better. They know what works. They know what works with each other. Another really interesting point is. The set of the good sheep saucy given is actually a really good set. Now, I'm sure it's cannibalized from all sorts of places, like you see that you know that console before and those chairs elsewhere. but yeah. it actually looks like quite a high-tech set, which is much better than most of their wobbly cheap sets Well,
0: well, that's right. it It does have uh, dimension and shape, and there's a certain physicality to it that you don't get with their office. I mean, the, earlier on in the series, as we were saying a few weeks ago, or oh, you were saying, Richard? Yeah, the walls, you in, see in the, the walls in shutting. the office wobble, but
2: here it, it, it seems like a solid structure that, you it, know, it does. And you get the impression that it actually goes somewhere.
0: Well, especially when Graham walks in,
2: yes. yes.
1: And, and even a really basic thing like having steps up to Graham's office, yep, allows for that filmatic you know, feeling of him descending down or him him able to tower over the room. And yeah. it, it's very, very well constructed. Yes. The whole the whole thing. Agreed. <laughs> now we talk at length in these things about the filmic sequence I'm going to go out on a limb here mm. and say that probably without question well I put it to you to question me the filmic sequence here is the weaker part of the episode and perhaps the weaker film sequence of the season so far because I I don't get a lot out of it
0: I agree that compared to what we see in studio yeah the- this isn't these uh, film se- sequences aren't as funny I think it's a little bit too long. Yes. Uh, I, I, do, I would say that the bits where Tim and Bill are in the in the post boxes, you know, chasing people for, for letters, that that that, that's quite funny. That's funny. But I think the rest of it is... Uh, oh, I mean, there's that scene where the woman is in her uh, home and the arrow with the... That, that just
2: comes out of nowhere.
1: That comes that, out of yes. nowhere.
2: Now, whether they were underrunning and they needed 30 seconds...
1: Uh, but the thing about it, that scene is that they're all on the ship. They're all yes. on the
2: ship. And it just—it doesn't actually seem to tie into anything else. She's sitting there listening to the walk in the Black Forest and she's presumably heard the announcement that they're closing down.
1: Yeah.
2: And then all of a sudden, from nowhere, this arrow comes flying in. But,
1: but and then it holds on her. Yeah. She actually does this big thing where she approaches the camera and yeah. unfurls it to read and you think, OK, is there is there a gag somewhere? Or, and then it comes or... back to them on the ship. So I don't know whether maybe there was a gag. Like she actually read something on the letter and it just didn't work. Unless
0: they wanted to introduce the arrow for at the end of the episode where Tim is shot in the back
1: maybe, with the arrow. Maybe, but
0: again, who is who's, who's, following following the who's the arrow? Yeah, yeah, That that
2: that yeah that was a, that did jar that because mm. it was just what actually what is that and um, some and
0: some of the sequences on the beach. I think go on for a little yeah. bit
2: too long. I mean, look, the film stuff was was funny. I mean, there's a bit where they do the first class letter delivery, and you know, and he yeah, he yeah, yeah that's um, true. Does that's a bow right. and scrape, and then you know, as soon as the door shuts, he like takes the wig off. Um, <laughs> and the bit where they tie the pigeon, what's obviously <laughs> stuffed pigeon to the basket. Um, yes, and right. so you're laughing now. So I am, <laughs> like, but when you describe <laughs> it, yes, it's, it's not
1: bad. I, think it's, I just think it's probably weaker than what we've had. And I think you're right, Rob it's because it goes too long yes and you so that leaves you with a feeling of i'm, I'm ready to move on now
0: yeah can we go back to the actual yeah can the we studio to, terms, yeah
1: yeah, that's a really really good point we obviously then get to graham yes in the uniform and the ranch
0: we we all love
2: someone who dresses up as a nazi I think, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. but I, I suppose it's... I mean, look, he's in the Jodhpurs. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's got, got the, the hat eye, on, the hat yeah. and the eye patch. Yeah. Um, really. I mean, you're right. Look, it's telegraphed through the episode. I mean, he you know, describes himself as a genius. And then he's mm. got more plans. He's going to have, you know, pirate banks, um, you know, pirate bus service. Bus service yeah. um, and, and what have you. And, then- and,
1: and, and can I just say, the, 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 the sequence about the pirate bus station... That's just really really funny and it's the little things like when he holds up the picture and there's the little shark fin around the yeah and the people the bus, and then how are they going to get there by, by bus
2: i <laughs> mean um, you know, he wants to do a pirate hospital i think was the other one and then he just goes completely you know in, into full on as, as they call it loony mode well it's funny
0: because that bit where tim and bill are doing that symbol you know they're circling their ear with their finger for me, when I was a boy, that, that was, yeah, that well, was the very the, first time I'd seen it, and that's the thing we use in the playground. That yeah, they, yeah, like, um, and even today, with my daughters, well, you know, the eldest one, she's got a bit crazy, hasn't she?
2: Well,
0: yes. But that's the intent. That's, that's the intent, yes. And I Emma, mean, look, Graham owns that scene from the beginning to the end. He, does. he comes out, He's, as you say, the set allows him to dominate, and the speech he gives is basically word perfect.
1: Delivered perfectly, but uh, y- yes, she dominates, but it's. Heightened by Tim, mm. because you get Tim. He's down on his knees doing the post office. Then he sort of stops. He, he stamps the boots. Yes. And then sort of looks looks up and then <laughs> Graham. <grabs him laughs> and, and, and again, it's just they they take. It, it's the time. so well done. They yeah. take yeah. the time to perfectly play it and they play off each other yeah. so brilliantly. Yeah. But I think credit to the others when they didn't get to Graham's main speech, they know just to stand back, back off, stand back in the and just let him have the stage, yeah. and that, that, that it's far better for it. The only weakness that I have, its the only real weakness that I had—and again, this is unfair to judge it on—is yeah. that the moment you put any analysis into the plot, the idea that the three of them have even a hope of running—well,
2: two of them actually yes, have a hope to run a but, radio station unless, and, and a post office,
1: unless the only letters they're delivering are sort of within an hour's car drive of the beach. Yeah, you know, if they need to deliver a letter to Edinburgh, what, what's mm. meant to happen?
0: It's—I think—it's the absurdity of it
2: that think that helps um, it.
1: And, and, and perhaps it does even work in that way because they sort of go, this is just a stupid impractical idea, which of course <laughs> We want to, out, yes. We want out. Um, it has uh, a number of wonderful re- recurring gags, and of course we've lifted one of them as our our outro, and the, the walk in the Black Forest, that's just genius, isn't it? <laughs> it's,
0: it and it's because of the contrast, you yeah. know. It, especially with Graham's speech, where he's ranting... And then he pauses, and then he drops that that, that, that line in.
1: Yeah, or even, um, and I have to say, Bill Oddie actually is very effective as a DJ. Like mm. he just yes. snaps into that. Yeah, he does. That was very cool. They had the right effect on the mic. But again, he goes from that to, and now, a walk in the black forest. <laughs> <laughs> so it just it just works really really well. Any other general points that we have to make? Guys? No,
2: I think we're obviously all agreed that it's it's a great episode and we've, we've sort of, why it works. And we've sort of touched on really the couple of things maybe we, we wanted to, just just so we could say something, perhaps mm. didn't quite work. Dude, um, I was just going to
0: ask, the trope of the Nazi and, you know, descending into Nazi-speak, you know, the sort of storm clouds, you know, up storm bright, bright, bright future and all that sort of thing, is that any more is that more objectionable than, you know, depicting police, police brutality in a funny light or the whole play girl club sequence? Well, or am I, I just being too serious? I was
1: actually thinking, I mean this would have only been twenty five years after yes. the war. So the particularly at ten o'clock on a Sunday, most of the people who watched that, if they hadn't fought in the war they would have grown up in the blitz. Yes. Yeah. So I think this would have been an unusual parody to do. Mm. Um, I don't think it's any less funny for them. The audience certainly thinks it's. They know, do laugh. They,
0: they're it, getting right? on board with it clearly. Because I mean, well, Nazis—they're not, you know, they're not nice people clearly. But there's obviously a scope there for people to enjoy the the parody. Do uh, do we allow ourselves that sort of thing now? We're sort of talking about, you know, say for instance the war in Iraq fifteen years ago, or the, the events of 9-11. Look, I
1: think it works. I think it's pitched correctly because. He doesn't overtly go Nazi. No, he doesn't he, have the regalia on. He doesn't his. have the regalia on. He doesn't have a German accent. No. It's it's just enough to visually give you that clue. Yeah. But if you don't want to see it or you don't know it, he's just a, a guy know, a, mm. a, a slightly austere postman's uniform. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got the po- I mean, it's, it's a yeah, postman's yeah. hat, not a Nazi hat. Yeah, they right. Yep. So it, it's, just, it's just enough.
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, look... <sighs> I mean, who doesn't love a Nazi? But I mean, well, I mean, but in seriousness, I mean, if you watch, just talking about the Nazis, I mean, if you watch something like, the, say, the History Channel or any of those, every second thing on there is yeah. something to do with with, the, with either the Second World War or the Third Reich. Yeah. So there clearly is a level of obsession or interest mm. in them and in that sort of tribe. And you're right. Look, I mean, I didn't really get the the thing that Graham has come out as a full-on... You know, SS officer. Um, Dick, I mean, well, it, well, it, it's it,
1: it's a fascist more than an Nazi. Yes, you know, it, yeah, could, yeah. it could be Italian. It could be um, Il Duce. Il Duce.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, 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 it's a
1: it's a it's generic fascist more well, than. Yeah, yeah. No, actually,
2: I, I think the definitive El Duce send up I've seen is probably that thing in the young ones with Alexei Sale. So they, Neil goes and joins the police, and they come in, and it's Alexei Sale, and and he's got the full uniform on, the full uniform. Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Um, and look.
2: No, don't remember that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember
1: that one. That, that you're right, that's not too bad. I mean, ten years later, we start to get a spinning image that has Mrs. Thatcher living next door to um. Uh, the, I can't remember the the, the the false name he uses here, Schmidt or something. And that's obviously Hitler, you know, giving her advice about how to deal with the trade unions. I mean, you've had um, and then there's whole whole Yeah,
2: well, that was the thing I was about to make. I mean, that clearly, I mean, I I don't see how anybody thought that
1: would work as yeah. a, and, and a as it, a show, and it doesn't.
2: No, and it doesn't, because it actually just isn't even really very funny. No. But, I mean, you, you sort of have, I mean, there's, there's the faulty Towers Germans episode, uh, I mean, at the end where, mm. you know, where John Cleese is doing the walk. Yes.
1: And, and it is a very British thing to puncture that sort of horror with yeah. satire.
0: So I think, I think... Well, Dad's Army does that, doesn't it? I mean, it's a, it's a comedy about that.
2: I suppose that's more about the, the comedy about you know the the old the old guys oh, yeah, coming yeah. out really and, and you know coming out doing their bit for the doing their bit for true. the war effort.
1: But but again in Dad's Army, although Philip Maddock plays the U boat captain uh, in a very straight and serious manner, the comedy arrives from the fact that the British are just making fun of him. Mm. You know, they're, they're sending him up and puncturing that pomposity, yeah, yeah. which is, is is exactly the way to do it, and they yeah. do it very well. So a classic episode, lots and lots of good gags. Mm. Uh, we'll analyse it with our usual segments. So, we have some ads. We do have some ads. So, ad number one is the goodies Plastic Spaceman. spaceman. Now, I'm sure the kid's been dubbed over in this one. Yeah, he yeah. has. Yeah, he yeah. has.
0: Yeah. It's The it. voice is a bit too loud for that.
1: Um, yes, that's, that's an obvious gag that works for a 30-second
0: yeah. Did you note, and I picked this up looking at the IMDB reference, that the name on the box doesn't match... They, it says Spaceman but in the song yeah they talk about, about guns, guns. I don't know, just a goof I suppose But
2: um, I guess so I mean I obviously it's, it's sort of a you know I mean it's a, it's a turnaround of the, the thing with the you know cornflakes yeah yeah, yes. yeah of course they, they do do a slightly variation on that ad one of the much later episodes where they have the rice bubbles yes and they tell the kid to lean forward and listen to the sound of breakfast and then the bowl pops <laughs> up in
0: his face yes
1: it's, but, it's uh, an obvious trope for satirising.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess it leads into the beans beans Heans ads, um, uh which which come into.
1: Yeah, and look, it's a simple joke, but it it gets a laugh. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to the next ad, which I think, unless you saw what they're clearly satirising, yeah, which I, none of us have. Yeah, I didn't it's, actually. It's quite, bizarre.
2: Yeah, I didn't quite get what that was meant to. Will remind me what it is. Well, it's the one where they do. It. It's called the finger slip fingertip slimming test. Oh yes, and it's obviously—I'm assuming it's meant to be how much you can push in means how much weight you have to lose, or whatever. How far your fingers push in, mm. or—but of course, it's done when he pushes the balloon. Of course, comes out the back. Yes, and then it comes back and forth. And I, I didn't—I I didn't quite get what that was meant to be. But well, it's clearly something that was topical at the time, time because it's the second time.
0: Uh, I think last to... week's episode we were talking. Uh, the Razad, the woman was talking about midriff bulge.
1: Yeah. Look. Often, it's very clear they're satirising a particular ad. Like, the Raz ad is clearly satirising a yeah, very specific yeah. ad, but you don't have to have seen it to get the joke. No. This one, unless you've seen the ad, the, the joke falls flat. Very flat. Do we have anything in the what couldn't they get away with today segment?
0: Um, uh, could they get away? you Could Could you make fun of Nazis? Uh, yes.
1: No,
0: uh, yes, okay, well, so we'll move uh, on from that. Think,
2: I think you could. I don't, I don't recall that being i don't even know if that one was the, the only cut i think that was made here was was bill saying bloody at the end of it i think
1: yeah that actually i, I noticed that
2: um that i was quite think i think that's about the only thing that was cut here uh i
1: think and, and perhaps because the fact that the the the, the content as we've said here you know, making fun of the post office and the radio and everything yeah. it, it, it is quite timeless and the jokes derived from them rather than satire it, it actually has aged quite well and it's lasted quite well. And oh, I think so. Even though I think, obviously, the concept of pirate radio stations was, well, it's much bigger in the UK than it is here, mm. and it was much more a thing. The well, It well, was a limit, thing,
2: definitely a thing yeah, at the time.
1: It was a big thing at the time. We still get what it's talking about. We still Good. know what a five mile limit is, and it all just stands out uh, really well. Do we have any first times here? I was going to argue that it's probably the first time we've seen the full use of Looney and and Graham really going um, down the mad scientist. Well,
2: track. I, I suppose it's the first time that you sort of have that that thing where one of them goes mad, and it's the other two trying to stop, uh, trying to stop him. Tem- template goodies, you might say. In in some ways, yes. Is it the first time? There's no guest class. Yes, yes, it would be. Yes, it go. would be. Um, uh, and,
0: the, and the use of the word gibbon.
2: Yeah, that's true. Actually, have they used gibbon before that?
1: I don't think they have. And that, that's again a very clear throwback. The source of gibbon to. I'm sorry, I read that again. Ah. Um, we, we gibbon jokes were quite a okay, and a, and quite a, a quite a staple a, if they were given having just
0: for the uneducated, a gibbon is a primate, is that
2: right? Yeah, yes, so it's a, a lower primate, but a yeah, lower primate, well, as that's, that's distinct for apes, as opposed okay. to lesser primates. Okay, but nice. all right,
1: uh, yes. So, favourite gags. Now, should we all just say that Graham's speech is? Animal yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll one. just yes, go we'll with that. Aside, that. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, um. And it, it's a combination of the fact that the episode is built to this point and the perfect delivery, delivery that Tim has and the perfect reaction that Bill has, which is when Bill go, is about to go out to save the drowning Graham and Tim just puts the hand out, stops him <laughs> and says, no, it's better this way.
2: <laughs> it's, just, it's just a wonderful yeah. little point. And and it, that's, it, that's true. It just
1: works really, really well. And it's it's good that it's not all Graham because those two absolutely, as I say, they give him the space when they need to. Yes. But then being able to get those sort of things in there, it just punches the whole thing really
2: yeah, well. I mean, there's the bit, and it's before, just before Graham's main speech, but the bit where he says to Tim, you know, I'll tell you why you closed it down. Because you're an ineffectual, petty, interfering, unimaginative, useless little lackey. <laughs> what are you?
1: And then he says, that's
2: no excuse. That's funny. I, I must admit, the bit in the film sequence with the pigeon, I must admit, raised yes. a laugh when I watched <laughs> it a couple of nights ago. Because um, it just, I mean, it's so obviously a stuffed pigeon. Yes, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and, and I think you have to give credit to the uh, the boom joke because every iteration of it works. Whether it's it starts with Graham not doing it, then with him doing it reluctantly, then he does it wholeheartedly, then he does it out of nowhere when you don't expect it. You know, it just it, they get five goes out of that one joke. Yes, and every one of the lands absolutely and and it's
2: actually got a it's probably not a classic moment but there's the thing at the end it's got the nice little tie-up to the series because at the end of it they're all sitting there and they have obviously dragged themselves back home and they're sitting there they're broke they're all you know got horrible colds mm. and all got chills and whatever and then there's a the nice thing that they hey look the gpo have given them some money so you know we're still in business yeah uh, like,
1: but it, it did strike me had the series not been renewed that concept of we're bloke, we're discredited, we're broke, we're discredited, we're out of business, yeah. would have actually kind of wrapped the series up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and yes, they do sort of give themselves an open of, oh, maybe we're not, but uh, it, it does, it, it also does sort of start this almost Simpsons-esque trope of, when it suits the plot for them to be destitute, they're destitute. Yes. When they need the money to buy a, you know, three hundred and eighty foot ship. Yes, they, and... they
2: just suddenly have. Or the one where they go and what is it? They they have to pull a huge wad of cash out to buy the small block of land yes. for the new office. Yes.
1: So look, and, that, and that's fine. That's that serves the comedy, and that's that's entirely appropriate. Well, that's it. I mean, dropping
0: that means that you save yourself two or three minutes. You have two or three minutes of actual story, you know, comedy instead of wasting time on a setup. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. My funniest line, I think, but the one that tickled my fancy the most was Tim. I think it was at the start um, where Tim, they were talking about having, getting the radio station license. And Tim goes, oh, um, all the little groupie girls. Oh, yeah. And uh, just the, 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 you know, the, the way he, he the just glint, gave that the line. The glint
1: in the eye. Yeah, the,
0: the gleam. He's ready to go right off. But um, I like that one quite well.
1: So the best of series one? oh definitely <laughs> without, without it's daylight the oh, length
0: think. of the straight yeah
1: excellent well look I hope everybody else enjoys it as well uh, now if by now you've been listening to us for seven weeks now and I hope you're enjoying what you're hearing and please do contact us via our various social media channels which we detail in the outro but we'll be back next week with the start of series 2 which is of course Scotland or Which is Loch Ness is a, Monster the Loch Ness Monster which I must admit is a personal favourite of mine so I'm looking forward to that one but to take us out on this occasion, I think appropriately enough, we have a message from the leader.
0: This is your leader speaking.
1: <laughs> Here is an important
0: announcement. It has been put about by backsliding revisionary
1: paper hyenas that the Goodies Pirate Post Office is closing down. This is a lie! Our glorious post office gallantly continues to function. We will get your letters through. These are dark days and the storm clouds gather around us. But never fear! I pledge that I, your leader, will see you safely through to a better world! And
0: now, a walk in the Black Forest.